Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Sean DePasquale, and I am here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right. And we are doing season six, episode <laughs> four, Sarah's Parents. The saddest episode I've ever seen. I know. <laughs> and also frustrating. I have a lot of thoughts on this episode. Strap in, folks, because this is going to be potentially a longer episode than normal because I have a lot of thoughts and questions mm-hmm. and feelings. Toria, before we dive in, what is this this is the episode. <laughs> Where are we? Where are we? Who are you? <laughs> this is the episode where Sarah's parents come to visit. Sarah being Mr. Sheffield's first wife who died. Yes. And I really I, I realized I was like, oh my God, yes, of course. The kids have an entire set of grandparents who we did we have not met yet and whose daughter died. Um, yeah. which adds a kind of whole other layer of complexity to like the family dynamic that that we haven't that i hadn't even thought about same it's really interesting to bring them in um i have a lot of thoughts on this one uh before we dive in though i do want to bring up real quick at the top of the show because we did it at the end of the last show uh we 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 came up with the funny phrase of big babcock energy we thought it'd be really silly to put it on t-shirts we put it on a t-shirt we started a red bubble store uh and you can buy those shirts and any money that we make we're going to put towards the entertainment community fund to help out uh, all of the people that are currently suffering through uh, what is one of the longest uh, labor demonstrations uh, that we've had in this industry in quite some time. And we just figured it would be a fun thing to people to that listen to the show to buy. And then whatever little money we do make, we'll just donate it right to people that are out of work right now because studios refuse to make a fair deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, anyway, that yeah. exists. And if you want to do it, you can go to omrchefpod.redbubble.com and check that out because uh, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, so now let's dive into this very, very, very interesting kind of sad episode. Um, we we pick up on a thread that I mentioned last episode, which is Yetta waiting downstairs for her husband. <laughs> <laughs> who's been dead since 1973, uh, but not mentioning Sammy and no one else mentioning Sammy. Also, my big note of this first scene is why does no one in the 90s seem to care about uh, Yetta's raging Alzheimer's disease? <laughs> well, just played for a joke. So basically, Fran, so the whole thing is, the episode starts, Fran comes downstairs in her bathrobe and Yetta is just sitting in the living room and she's like, Yetta, you're exactly where I left you when I went to bed last night. And she's like, well, I'm waiting for your grandfather to pick me up. And Fran's like, he's been dead since 1973. And we're all just like, ha, 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 ha. That's that. That's established, right? Yeah. Um, we then, so that, then, then Maxwell comes in and we further establish that his former in-laws are coming to visit. And he's incredibly nervous because he's aware that this is a very delicate situation. Like, you know, they're going to meet his new wife for the first time. Also knows that Fran is a bit of a quote acquired taste, as uh, he puts it, and we 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 definitely get the sense that Sarah's parents are probably pretty elitist and have very specific sort of like you know quote unquote standards by which they expect other people to look and behave. And yep. then on top of all this, um, 
Oh, sorry. I'm actually jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. But yeah, so so it's a delicate situation. And uh, so he's like, so darling, like maybe you could just go upstairs and get dressed because, you know, they're going to be here any minute. And as a joke, she goes, oh, what do you think they're going to think of this? And she flashes him her naked body. And then he's like, uh, why don't you ask them? Their noses are literally to the window because they have arrived early and they are now seeing to the naked body. So it's like a very shocking, jarring, humiliating introduction to uh, their yeah. uh, son-in-law's new wife. It's very unfortunate, huh? <laughs> very unfortunate. Holy mackerel. I was like, oh, no, oh, no. that's an awful thing that just happened here. Well, then we cut to, after the opening credits, Fran and Maxwell are upstairs. Fran's getting dressed, and she's just like, oh, gosh, that was awkward. And he's like, listen, darling, like, I know they can be a bit abrading. And she's like, huh? And he goes, pains in the tuchus. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, but, you know, when you marry someone, you're, you're kind of stuck with their parents for life, like regardless of what happens. And, and she's like, you know, I totally understand. And she's like, well, and you know, Hey, maybe we can all go out to dinner Friday to celebrate the adoption because the adoption of, you know, the Sheffield kids, you know, by you know, basically making Fran their legal guardian, it's going to be official on Friday. And this is when he breaks the news that he had actually not told them that part yet. Um, because again, and I, I think he is in a very difficult complicated position like that's really hard news to break to someone whose daughter has died yeah but but i i actually so this was one of my biggest notes on this episode and and i get we've got 30 minutes for to get all this information in and everything but like realistically this is a conversation i feel like that should have been ongoing and happening for at least the year that they were engaged and it's weird that like this is all the first time this is being discussed it feels like Shouldn't he have like reached out to them and be like, look, I'm getting remarried. Like this woman's been taking care of these kids for almost their entire lives now. Like, I really want you to come out and meet her before we get married and like see the grandkids. It feels like a lot of this should have happened. Sure. Sure. But also, but so, well, but so that's my thing though, right? Is either it was rushed because it's just like an episode, right? Or it didn't happen because of what the bait, like based on based on his relationship with Sarah's parents, in which case I actually feel like they have less of a claim to these kids than they think they do. If that's the case, it's like, yo, if your daughter died and y'all haven't been around your grandkids in like six years and now you're mad, like, no. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I think, I think, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, again, we, uh, we only see them for 22 hours a year. We don't know what's going on. You know, right. if maybe they take trips to see their grandparents separately and, you know, France has never been with them or who knows. Right. Um, but so we're, but the point being, they do not know that she is going to become their grandchildren's legal guardian um, in place of their deceased daughter. And and basically, Mr. Sheffield's like, you know, I, I thought maybe they could just kind of get to know you this week. And that's when we'd break the news, you know, once they really fall in love with you. And she's like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's a good idea. That's a good mm-hmm. idea. Uh, and again, this could also be like Mr. Sheffield's an avoidant person who's like yeah. afraid of conflict. He might have <laughs> like just kicked this difficult, awkward conversation down the road until he couldn't possibly kick it down a minute further because <laughs> the adoption's happening Friday. So, um, well, we cut to the kitchen the next morning and 
Fran has been, she's been trying to whip up an amazing breakfast for uh, the in-laws yes. and the whole family to sort of like show that she's such a great caretaker, but it's been a disaster. So she's, we, she had ordered a breakfast for $80 and it gets delivered and Niall sees it and he goes, you spent $80 just to avoid cooking breakfast. I spent $30 that I have 20 at the diner of Shirley's on the counter. And then he goes, I haven't cooked a single breakfast in the kit in this kitchen in six years. <laughs> and then Mr. Sheffield walks in and he goes, that they haven't gone nuts for. <laughs> it was so funny. It was this so was funny. a great scene. I loved it. And then what I really loved is it then turns out that Mr. Sheffield already knows that Niles doesn't really cook black breakfast. And, he, and Niles is like, you knew? And he's like, oh, please. As if you'd have the smarts to come up with the smiley face pineapple pancakes. <laughs> That yeah. they clearly get from like you know IHOP, yep. and then uh, and then also <laughs> Niles instantly looks dejected, and he's like, "Well, the sausage patty yarmulke for Rosh Hashanah was a Niles exclusive." <laughs> he's like, "I do have the smarts to come up with creative breakfast." <laughs> it was just it was also uh, adorable, and I always love that dynamic when we great. realize just how like sort of dysfunctional uh mr sheffield's relationship with his help where it's like he knows he's being taken advantage of but he, he allows care. it <laughs> yeah no it, it was great this was like 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 joke after joke after joke this this was a highlight this scene uh mm -hmm. highlight of the season so far for me i loved it yeah, and, and I, then the, the next bit with sylvia uh, oh my god yeah coming up is so so good because well we cut to the actual breakfast with yeah uh roberta and ernest the in-laws and Bert and Ernie. <laughs> yeah, Bert and Ernie, as, as Fran keeps saying. And the breakfast is going so poorly that Ernest literally finds one of her band-aids in the food. <laughs> she she tries to cover it up by going, ah, we've, we have a winner. And she's like, I like to keep the kids entertained. As if she'd like, plant, like planted a band-aid. She hides band-aids in the food all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she just leans over to Mr. Shaville and she's like, I don't think this is going well. <laughs> and as soon as that happens... Sylvia walks in because she's clearly like been told that these like sort of fancy in-laws are there. And she yes. goes, I was in the neighborhood. And she holds up a bag and she goes, picking up Madame Yussel for your father, Morton. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I'm Franz, Mother Sylvia. She's trying her hardest to seem classy. Uh, it's just so she goes, funny. I'm Franz, Mother Sylvia Ray Fine. It's <laughs> 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 like, what? Yes, yes, yes. And I also like that she calls Morty Morton. Morton, the Madame Beautiful Morton. And, um, you know, it's just not going well. And Niles and Mr. Javiel are clearly trying their best to, like, make Fran seem impressive to these people because, like, they yes. know that, like, all, you know, so much of the family dynamic and the the adoption, all this stuff depends on it. So they kind of like push Fran and the children out the door, making it seem like they're going for their like weekly museum visit that she always, you know, takes them to. And at one point they're like, the, the, the mother is like, uh, Oh, what museum? And Fran's like, uh, uh, and Brighton goes, the Whitney Museum. And then Fran's like, she has her own museum now. <laughs> Clearly thinking it's Whitney Houston. <laughs> uh, but so, so then, Fran comes home later that day after their museum day and she's completely yes. dejected because yes. Niles is like, how did the day at the museum go? And she's like, oh, well, it turns out, you know, they have these little sensors on all the paintings. So if you touch one, all the security guards come running out and she <laughs> goes, I guess I don't need to tell you the end of the story. 
because <laughs> it's so obvious that she was touching painting painting yeah. for the Whitney. And and she's like, oh, Niles, like, why can't I fit in? Like, why can't I do this right? And Niles is like, oh, because, you know, Miss Fine, we're not like everybody else. You know, we're movers, we're shakers, we think outside the box. I mean, look what I just invented, Velcro potholders. And he like yanks off the potholders that are sticking to his apron. And she's like, I hate to break it to you, Niles, but they have those in all the stores. And he goes, oh, you tell one big mouth cashier at Pottery Barn. (laughs) (laughs) But it was very cute where he was kind of like, you know, no, like we're kind of kindred. You know, we're not, we're never going to fit into like, that type of world and that's because we're in some ways we're better you know yeah uh but then cc comes in yeah. and she you know who she's apparently now off prozac and is mean again <laughs> uh, that's what they actually say that she's been she switched to the natural stuff and it's not working as well but so she's like fran she's like you know nanny fine you're never gonna win with them because at the end of the day they want him married to a woman like me a woman of and alice goes 60 <laughs> and and she's like no 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 like you know they want a classy woman and you know too bad for you that I plan to take them out for cocktails and martinis tomorrow night because Cece like still thinks she's got like a, a horse in this game. Like she, in this race, like she still thinks that she could eventually get with Maxwell. <laughs> um, and uh, so God for, bless her. Yep. Yep. And in her mind, like, you know, uh, winning over his, his dead wife's parents is going to be like, you know, a notch on her belt. <laughs> But then Fran goes, well, guess what? Like, I have planned a night out of drinks and entertainment for them tonight. So you're not the only one who can play this game, you know, thinking that she is going to somehow, like, outperform Cece. But then we just cut to a very tacky karaoke bar. I love this scene. she's singing. She's Mm -hmm. got the kids as her backup dancers. And... (laughs) she is also she totally misplays this she thinks that the parents are having a lovely time even though they're having a terrible time and she uses the moment at the microphone to announce that she will be adopting their grandchildren that friday roberta literally jumps out of her chair and yells over my dead body and storms out and you know you know what these parents were really giving the um Remember um, in Seinfeld, George's fiance who died, she had those parents. Yeah, Suzanne. That, yes. Her, they, they were giving me real, like, those parents vibes, right? Like, well, I mean, the, this whole scene, I mean, this was a great scene, but, like, I have so many feelings about this. So, okay, first of all, <laughs> the, the kids are, like, doing backup dancing and singing, and they genuinely look like they're having the best time of their lives. So for Sarah's parents to not see that, is like demented. (laughs) No. Like, I think it's terrible. Like Sarah's mom is such a jerk in this scene. It's like your grandkids are happy. Like years after their mother tragically died, they found something to smile about. They're not walking around carrying around all this misery and sadness and gloom. This woman has come into their lives and like brought them out of their shells and they've grown into wonderful people. And it is like so tone deaf, especially in this moment. I just, I just thought it just makes her look really bad. But then I did like after she screams over my dead body that the kids keep singing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you, I think you're, I understand your point on like a macro level of like everyone should just want their loved ones to be happy. But I, I don't, 
and I think we get into this later. First of all, a lot of grandparents, even if you do not have a child, a grown child dying in the mix, they can have a lot of thoughts on how their grandchildren are being raised. And like, is this actually best for them? Oh yes. They might be having fun in the moment, but is this like actually good for them? This or that. And I think, I think if you come from these, like a buttoned up repressed waspy households, they might be like, this is not a good influence on our grandchildren. You know, they're not thinking in terms of like, well, they're really happy and they're smiling. They're like, well, what type of people is this going to, you know, you know, I don't know. I could see it always very realistic that it's like, this is not their scene. They don't think that this is where their daughter would have brought these kids to, you know, there are people who want their grandkids to be going to the Whitney museum on weekends. Um, yeah. So, so right, it was fair. so realistic and I didn't necessarily, and especially when we get into like the real emotions that are probably just going on in their inside them as yeah. people. I, I was like, I actually, I, if anything, I kind of wish that we had gotten to interact with them a little more throughout the episode, because what happens is they, they have very few lines. They're really not in it until this last scene. We don't really get a sense of anything about them, except that, you know, they're not liking Fran. Um, and I think we humanize them in the end, but, but I think there could have been just like more stuff happening right before. I don't know, but wait, I mean, I, 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 I hear you. I mean, look, I, I think maybe my issue with all of this is what I said earlier. I, I, I wish, I just wish we had a little more context for where they're at in this journey. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's been six years. So it's like, have they been like heavily involved? Have they like, and we just haven't seen it. Do they call a lot? And they're like, yo, what's going on with our like grandkids and like, who is this lady? Like, I just wish they had given us a little bit more, even just in the dialogue in this episode of like context for like, well, where have they yeah. been? How involved have they been? Has, is this on Mr. Sheffield for like not involving them enough? And, you know, like, I just think it would have made for a richer, uh, more emotional payoff at the end of the episode. True. I mean, even if it had been like a, Oh, you know, um, you have to understand, like, they haven't gotten to know you, you know, whenever mm -hmm. the children visit them, you know, they, you know, you're not there. So whenever, you know, whenever the children visit them on summers, like that's when you're on holiday. So, so they just haven't gotten the time to know you. We're something where we are like, oh, these people didn't just show up after six years. Like, I do agree. That would, that would help too. Um, yeah. And then, well, after the disastrous karaoke night, um, we find out that the grandparents are now contesting the adoption because they think Fran is an unfit mother. Like, I guess, based on what they've seen over the last couple of days and Cece, Cece is no, no solace to Fran because she's literally like, oh, you know, they have these incredible lawyers and they're going to dig up every nook and cranny on you. And, uh, you know, so trust me, like if they don't want this adoption to happen, it's not going to happen. And she kind of walks out. So then we go to Fran at Sylvia's and she's just, she's understandably so upset. And also while she's upset, uh, so Val's there too. Uh, she's looking around for like something to eat, like to sort of emotionally eat. And she's like, why is there nothing sweet in the house? <laughs> and Sylvia goes, I got rid of it all. According to the doctor, my weight chart said I should be seven foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was such a funny line. Um, but, but so, but so Fran is like, you know, she's just super upset and, mm -hmm. and, you know, she's even like, she's like, you know, 
when I met them, I, you know, I thought they might take an interest or she's like, I thought they might take an interest in some of the inappropriate stuff I taught the kids, like, you know, how to make a fake ID, how to turn a D into a B, how to return a dress you've worn, all, for, you've worn for a year. But I didn't think they'd be looking into the bad stuff. <laughs> so, so like, you know, just it's, it's clear that like her, the, the life skills that she is impressing on these children are just not these things that these people value. Right. And, and you know, Sylvia kind of, Sylvia kind of gives the advice of like, honey, maybe don't rock the boat. Like maybe just, you know, don't adopt, which, yep. which, you know, I don't know. I, I think, I think Sylvia is probably coming at this from a trying to be like, you know, this isn't going to end well. So just maybe let this lie. Um, yeah. But that night, it's the cutest, cutest scene. I was just, I my love heart it. grew yes. three sizes. Yes. The, you finally it, learned how to care mm -hmm. after watching. So you, Toria called me yeah. in tears after watching this scene. And she said, Sean, Sean, I finally understand. I finally understand what it means to be alive. The meaning of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas and humanity. And I said, Sean, put on this little Cindy Lou Who wig because yeah. I want to I look at you. I want to celebrate life. Then that night, okay. Fran is lying on the bed and the, all three kids are lying on the bed with her and she's in her bathrobe and they're like all ready to go out to dinner because they're, spo they're supposed to go out to dinner with the their grandparents like as a family, but it's just clear that like Fran's not going to be welcome. And the kids are like, Fran, like we don't want to go out to dinner with them if you're not welcome. Like we don't, we don't like people that don't like you, you know? And this was just so cute. Like they're so team Fran and Fran kind of tries, I, I think maybe, you know, because she doesn't want this to get nasty or contentious for them as a family. She's just trying, she's like, you know what? She's like, kids, it's okay. A piece of paper doesn't change how I feel about you. So just go out to dinner with your grandparents and have a nice time. And, and Maggie though, on their way out, she turns to Fran and she's like, well, you know, Fran, like if something did ever happen to dad, they could take Brighton and Maggie, uh, Brighton and Gracie away from you. Like, because you're not going to be their legal parent. Um, and that really sinks in and Maxwell comes, you know, out ready to go to dinner. And she just, she just turns to him and she starts trying to spill every detail to him, like every bad thing she's ever done. Ever done. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what are, you, what are you doing? And she's like, well, well, you know, I figure if, if, you know, they get these fancy lawyers and they contest the, the adoption, which I actually do really want, then, you know, you're going to find out all this terrible stuff about me. And he's like, that's crazy. He's like, first of all, before I hired you, I did a background check on you. Like you're watching my children. Like I, I know anything that's actually important about your past. And, and she's like, did you, do you know my age? And he's like, that's actually one thing even the FBI couldn't get an exact number on the closest they could estimate was 31. And she just goes 31. Uh, well, I guess the truth's out. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. But you know, it's this very sweet moment where he's basically, where, where so first what, what, of all, what's the implication there that she's like almost 40, right? I think that's so. I mean, yeah, we know she was born when, when uh, Kennedy was in office. <laughs> so, but so, but you know, there's a lot of. There's I a, forgot that we do know that. <laughs> yeah. so, so there's a lot of sweet uh, things that so happen. Fun. Firstly, we establish that the children they really, really want her to fight for them, and we establish that you know when she realizes that there are some true stakes that that you know if something were to happen to Maxwell, you know they could get taken from her. She's really like, you know what? No, this is worth fighting for, even if it's kind of hard. And then that Maxwell is like, there's literally nothing I could learn about you that 
that would affect how I feel about you. So like so many big emotional things happen. And so then this next scene is where I literally cried. Uh, we cut to go to downstairs. Fran actually got dressed for dinner. because She's going to join them. And the grandparents are like in the living room waiting to go. And, and Fran and Maxwell kind of, they approach and they're, and Fran's like, you know what? There's really a conversation that we need to have. Like we need to all talk about this adoption. Um, and she's like, I, I just think it, it is something I very much want. And, you know, let's, let's have this dialogue for real. And this is when I think Sarah's parents actually get vulnerable and you really understand where so much of this is coming from. Roberta is like, you know, I'm just afraid that our, oh, because Fran actually says, she's like, you know, I want to be really sensitive about this process. Like, I know that these kids are like your connection to Sarah. They're your line to Sarah and like, they're important to you. And, and Roberta is like, yeah. And I, I'm just afraid that they don't think about their mother anymore. Which would be the most heartbreaking thing as a parent who lost a daughter um, yeah. and then had these grandchildren. And maybe, you know, here's yeah. the thing. And this is maybe I have context for this because I've had some parallel situations in my family where like a grown uh, adult has died and the grandparents have watched the grandchildren grow out without their child parenting. And the reality is as much as you want to just be this like ball of positivity and optimism. And, you know, every time you see that grandchild having this really happy experience, you're also reminded that it's an experience that your child is not there to see. So there's a lot of like pain in watching the child, the children just, just grow up and, and almost in a healthy way, they grow up and they stop thinking about this tragedy and they stop thinking about this person that they lost, you know, all the time. And they find love and happiness with someone else. Like that is inherently painful, right? As the grandparent, I think, even if you're yeah. trying to be positive. So I was like, oh, I was like, this, this really is so complicated. And I could see how it would kind of like come out in all these other negative, toxic ways. But the thing is, and this is where I got really teary eyed. The kids over here, their grandmothers say this. So like, you know, we're just afraid that our, the children don't think about her anymore. And and Maggie's like, grandma, like, that's not true. We think about mom every day. And when we really miss her, Fran puts in a, old videotapes of her and she watches them with us, which that in of itself, I was like, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and then Brayden's like, yeah. And every year on mom's birthday, Fran has us light a, a Yartza, yart I can't say it, yours eight. Your sight candle? I'm butchering it. Your a your a your sight candle. Your sight candle. I'm yeah, very bad sight. at uh, anything that candle. is phonetic Jewish? for me. Oh. <laughs> I'm Jude, I'm Jude. Your sight candle for her. Your sight and candle, and yeah. the grandmother's like, what's that? And he's like, well, it's a Hebrew tradition. It's it's kind of like lights a path to a happy afterlife. You can tell that when um, Sarah's mother hears that, like it makes her really happy, right? Um, and it definitely kind of just like shifts whatever tension had been happening between all of them. And the, the grandfather's like, you know what, please like come to dinner. Let, let's continue this conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really funny because then is, and I, we should also say like, that is a, that's a lot of progress from where they were the night before where she yelled over <laughs> my dead body. Right. So this is just kind of getting vulnerable about this, like shifted things. And so then um, as they all get up to leave, Fran's like, and I just want to say, you know, I just want, like, I love these children so much. And I promise I will always provide a warm, loving, and most importantly, stable environment for them. 
Yeah. <laughs> as soon as she says that, we cue to Yetta banging on the living room doors, <laughs> asking them what time they open. <laughs> Which and we also established earlier in the episode, Yetta was, quote, waiting for the elevator outside of the refrigerator. And Fran is so... This is so commonplace that Fran goes, Yetta, uh, the, the elevator's broken. <laughs> so then she knows to take the stairs. <laughs> it's so funny. And uh, and the and so it was just such a beautiful scene. Yeah. I don't know about you. I loved it. I loved it too. I thought it was really good. I also, re- well, we'll get into it in lines and moments. But I, yeah, I thought it was a great scene. This was a really good episode. Really good. It was a great subject matter to explore too. All right, so... All right, right. Okay, so yeah, it was just it was such a lovely scene, and then then the button was <laughs> Fran is convincing Niles to take Cece out on a date or out to dinner, but you think at first she's begging him to take Sylvia uh, to take uh, Yada out because we saw <laughs> like a running joke throughout this episode is that Yada thinks that Niles is her dead husband and he's like falling <laughs> around, pitching his butt, like yep. all this stuff, and so so Fran's really like. She's like, please, Niles, just this once. She's old. She's lonely. She's losing her mind. One dinner. And he's like, all right, but I'm just doing this for you. But then he turns and he grabs Cece by the hand. He goes, all right, I'll let you take me out to dinner. Mm. (laughs) It was so, and just the idea that like, like Fran would be begging Niles to do this one thing for Cece. Oh, and oh, you know, I'll say this in favorite lines in a moment, because there was this line that made me laugh so hard between Fran and Cece this episode. But, but that's the episode. Yeah. That's this very special episode of season sex. Season sex, a sexless episode, really. I mean, appropriately. Appropriately, I <laughs> should say. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so then I guess you know what that means, right? Segments. segments. New segments theme. And now segments. ready for segments we are so ready for segments um segments? all right so segment time segments mm-hmm. should we move on to our segments um should we get into our segments segments uh with sean and toria <laughs> like i have a question yeah so are is all of our audio the same in all of these yeah something about something about a country western song made me feel like the segment song song was 12 times longer than normally that's so funny that was um that was uh not even country western that was uh like old-timey blues old blues whatever it was i was like wow i was like did he add more dialogue no it was the same I loved it. I loved it. But it was Thank just you. such a, it slowed life down. Yeah, man. You listen, sometimes this was a somber uh, episode. So I felt like the blues segment theme was uh, perfect for this it's, one. It's fantastic. I, yeah. lo- I love this. I want to make you always make right stuff for, <laughs> for well, us. It is such a delight. Well, um, I mean, I've, I've made uh, one for every episode. So you've gotten your wish for the final mm-hmm. season of the show. Maybe if we do another show, I'll write a new thing all the time. <laughs> Um, well, also, I have so many favorite lines and moments, like more than an average episode. Um, Me too. I loved that Fran 
told Yetta that uh, she needed to leave before Sarah's parents arrived because, you know, she's, she's like, you know, it's always best that new people only meet one fine per sitting. <laughs> like, like more than one member of their family is too yep. much. And they've learned that through experience. Um, I loved that uh, Fran thinks the Whitney Museum is a Whitney Houston museum. And then she clearly was touching all the paintings <laughs> and that, you know, Yetta yelling yep. at the fridge uh, that the elevator's out, thinking that the fridge is out of order, but or that the elevator's out of order because she's standing in front of the fridge. And then this is probably my favorite line of the whole episode. After Cece tells Fran that there's like no way she could possibly win in a, a court case against these wealthy older people, Fran goes, you know, Miss Babcock, I really do appreciate your Linda Tripp type friendship but you don't know everything. And it was like, it was like very authentic, but also a sick burn being like, no, no, I do appreciate what you bring here. You know, you're the Linda trip, <laughs> which also I realized, I mean, I guess maybe if some of our younger viewers watched that Ryan Murphy, Monica Lewinsky show, they might know who Linda trip is, but she was an iconic character yeah. of the nineties. Very, very much involved in the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton scandal in that she recorded hundreds of hours of conversation with an unknowing friend, Monica Lewinsky, who was a girl of 22. And then that is how they ended up yes. taking down Bill Clinton on a technicality. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So just insane story. Uh, but yep. so but but she was like a. Uh, Truly, no. truly crazy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, like uh, it can't. It really can't be stressed enough. Like the 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 level of crazy behavior um, that is involved in doing something like this on this it lady's from this unhinged. lady's. Really, I mean, yeah, really is. Like, yeah. Like, why? Why do this? Like, ew. This was like a young girl. Like, it's because just like gross behavior, so, man. Disappointing. Well, it's a very, it's a very long story. Disappointed. But, <laughs> well, I think what you know at the time, yeah. She she really she hated Bill Clinton. She really thought he was corrupt, and she, I, it, it, who knows if this is true. This is how she's now painted a little retroactively. She did think what he was doing with Monica Lewinsky was gross, and she thought that exposing it would would be a good thing but she really did not do the extra steps of what this would do to this young girl's life correct so uh but but so that also ties into my next favorite line which is when uh fran is talking about sylvia um sylvia is like just be careful fran you know these rich people they, they have rich lawyers they you know, she's like these rich people they have rich people lawyers and they can dig up anything look at that kenneth Starr, who is the lead prosecutor in the bill clinton monica Lewinsky thing and fran goes you know, Mother, I read those reports. I don't believe it. And Sylvia goes, you don't believe a president would do those things? And she goes, no, I don't believe a nice Jewish girl would. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, the, like, that conversation was probably said across thousands of breakfast tables across the United States at one point when people were rehashing what happened. <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then also Sylvia casually telling Fran that she puts cognac, uh, cognac, oh my God. Cognac? Cognac. In the coffee. Cognac. She she was like, Ma, what's in this coffee? And she's like, cognac. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I just, sorry, I talked a lot. What were your favorites? How okay. You so I liked, uh, the, the delivery on, I haven't cooked a breakfast in this kitchen in six years that they <laughs> haven't gone nuts for was so, 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 so good. Um, we also mentioned the Metamucil line, which was amazing. Um, the Linda trip line was great, quite frankly. It, that's like a very clever joke. Um, uh, um, I also like the cognac line. Uh, oh, and and the 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 line where um, where Fran says, "I want us to be a family," and mm -hmm. Sarah goes, and the the mom goes, "If Sarah was here, we would be." Mm -hmm. And then the husband goes, "Calm down, Bernie. They didn't kill her." Yes. <laughs> yes. That was such a good line. Like, Jesus, lady. Like, Slady didn't murder your daughter. <laughs> Just relax a little bit. Um, and then Yetta, Yetta pounding on the door and going, what time do you open? <laughs> it was so funny. Yetta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Yetta. I love her so much. Ugh, she's the friggin' best. I just want to dress like her. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. I, mean, I thought I, you were going to say, I just want to drown her. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I just want to drown her. Ugh. You do? I can't wait for us to get those costumes. I mean, this whole, you know what, Sean? What do you, do you have a Halloween costume? No, we should do it. Should right? we do it this year? It's the final season. Are you it's having not, a Halloween gonna... party this year? I didn't have one last year. I know. I'm asking you for having oh. one this year at your home. I wasn't planning on it. Oh, please. Maybe I will. Please. I like I, I just so we can any, do this. I feel like I don't have any friends anymore. Oh. You're my only friend. I'll come. <laughs> you and Liz are my only friends. Aw. What was me? What was me? Why me? Yiddish. So, took us. Uh, yes. We okay. got... Mr. Sheffield was adorable when he said, I know they could be a bit abrading. And she's like, oh, and he goes, a pain in the token, <laughs> which is, which is, but we know that. And then yeah. yard site candle, which is the word yard site is Yiddish for anniversary. And so lighting a candle on special days, including days that people die or birthdays of people who have passed. It's, it's a big part of the Jewish tradition could, yeah. could argue that we hold on to things, uh, for a, a long little time. too much. Uh, mm -hmm. Live yeah. in the sadness of the past a little too much, maybe. What? <laughs> uh, so but that's something to think about. And maybe it's not for us to make to you know, it's not for us to decide. Other people can. I mean, uh, look, I think that the concept of a yurtzeit candle is really nice. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like because I, I think like there's a cynical way to look at it of like, you know, living, being kind of stuck. Um, but, but then I also think there's a way to look at it where it's like, yeah, but, but maybe what it really is, is just a way to, um, keep someone's memory alive, you know, like to, because once a person's not discussed anymore, they're, they're gone forever, right? That's mm -hmm. it. Like that's the end. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you're thinking about them and and they're part of your life, then they're they're not gone forever and they can live on and in, in your your you know the, the minds of your children and and whatever. You know? So I mean, I don't know. I I feel like I'm so pessimistic cuz I'm like 
but eventually the last person who's going to talk about them is going to die. So, <laughs> well, I mean, yes, Toria, this is this is true. Uh, Actually, wait a second. I think didn't we talk about this at the Jewish in there in the I think in Judaism or somewhere it's like there's two deaths. There's the death when you actually die. And then there's the death, the last time you've ever been spoken about. I think that's oh, a thing. Really? It's a real mind fuck. That but anyway. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, anyway, now on, that, depressed, Tori. on that note, <laughs> yeah. nanny trivia. Yes, please. Okay. So I thought, you know, they mentioned uh, Rosh Hashanah in this episode with the Rosh Hashanah yarmulke uh pancakes so yep. i was like let's just let's just talk a little bit about rosh hashanah oh, how uh, fun let's dive into yeah, it yeah for anybody who doesn't know um it's the jewish new year festival it's it's held in september and it's marked it, it begins by blowing the shofar the chauffeur however you say it which is uh sort of this it's like a horn. It begins what, with... What? Hey, hey, Toria, why are you so far away? <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you. Uh, they're made from ram's horns, and you blow yeah. them, and it begins this sort of 10-day festival. Yeah. And, and it culminates in the other high holiday, which is Yom Kippur. Um, yeah. Yom Kippur, it's the day of fasting where you reflect on your past year and you also do some repenting in terms of like thinking how, you know, thinking about some, maybe some of the not so nice things you did, things you could have done better and kind of recommit to trying to work on those things in the year to come. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Rosh Hashanah is when you eat challah. Yeah, challah. And I mean, the, you, and I, challah. Listen, I eat challah year round. You also generally eat it on Shabbats on Fridays, but yes, yes. challah. Well, and it's it's supposed to be round to symbolize the circle of life. Such it's a yummy bread. Circle of life. Such a yummy, yummy bread. Mm. And then, oh my gosh, for the Fran or the Cece, I said, or the or, all, right? So you know, yes. For for who? Well, who did you relate to this episode? Mm. That's a good question. You know, some episodes it like jumps out at you and other ones I'm like, I don't really know. Who did I relate to on this? Mm. I guess I related to. You seem to relate to Fran a lot. I mean, I, I guess Fran, right? Because it's like I, this, this would, without having more context, this situation would really bother me a lot. If I was Fran, I would feel very, very hurt um, and very territorial, I think, because if we take it at face value, I would be like, well, where have you been this whole time? And why haven't you made any effort to get to know this person who's been in your grandkids' lives for all these years? So, yeah, I mean, I guess I felt like the Fran. Um, I would want to adopt these children, too, if I was in her position and think that I had every right to, you know. Yeah. I, and meanwhile, I think from all the things I, I said before... Well, I don't think it's necessarily the health. I don't think it's like the healthiest way to go about it, or it's like the the way to go about it that's actually going to lead to like the happiest family life for anybody. I could completely see turning all of your grief and sadness and just like these feelings of like it makes me so upset that somebody else is where I think my daughter should be, and just like turning that around into just being just like negative about that person and mm. criticizing that person. And like, you know, just not being able to sort of take that step back and be like, well, 
well, what is actually best for these kids? Because you're so caught probably in your own pain, you know, that the eye was like, oh yeah, I, I think I could see this being very realistic. Um, yeah, for- that's fair. All right. Yeah. This was an interesting episode for this show. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, you know, these yeah. are like very complex. <laughs> these are very complex themes to, to deal with in 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, and so good on them for even tackling it. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's funny. Cool. I feel like this episode, like this season rather has been the most like us being like, let's really dig in more than like, yeah. and I think it's because they, they were doing the same thing for so long, which is like, we're together, we're not together, this and this. And now we're dealing with like, well, it's so funny that so many people were like, the show's not good after they get together. And I feel like we're mining it for the most so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, credit to the, the writing on this show, because it, it really does feel like they're mining it for the most mm-hmm. also. Right. Um, I mean, they're really, they're, they're really digging into, okay, let's, if, if then what else, right? So this woman is now married to this guy. What does that actually mean? And what are the family dynamics and what does it mean for them? And what does it mean for them as, as, um, as employer and employee? It's really interesting. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I feel like so far, um, this season gets underrated. No, I think you're right. I, I, and that's why I also think our listeners, um, enjoy the shows because they, they also see all this too, you know? Everybody, thank you so much for listening. I'm loving this season. I'm so excited to watch the next episode. I'm so excited you're here with us. And, you know, get us on Oh Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram. I guess you can get us on Twitter and X at the same name. Yep. Email us. Uh, also go to oh Mr. Chef Pod.redbubble.com. Check out the big Babcock Energy t-shirts and design and buy it. And we'll donate all of the proceeds to the Entertainment Community Fund to help out all of our uh, friends and and neighbors that are currently uh, on strike against uh, capitalism. Yeah, and I will say, I feel like we didn't come in jazzed enough about these shirts when we mentioned them earlier in the episode because we got bogged down by the like uh, the legalities of stuff. But but these are so fun. They're so fun, and it would be so cool. Can you imagine like walking down the street and seeing – someone wearing this <laughs> i would just... my head would explode I, it's so silly i'm gonna order one though because i just think it's really funny to yeah have yeah a, no i'm gonna a order nanny one. t-shirt <laughs> oh my god i love it i love it yeah. and i can guarantee someone's gonna stop us and be like i love that shirt yeah i can also guarantee someone's probably gonna stop us and be like you can't sell those <laughs> so get them while they're hot <laughs> no one's gonna no one no one cares no one cares also um let's design one that has two heads and one arm so we can wear it together okay done uh toria <laughs> this is a pleasure as always and i'll see you next time goodbye, goodbye. and now segments are we ready for segments we are so ready for segments um segments? all right so segment time segments mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? 
segments uh, with Sean and Toria. (laughs) 